right, welcome to Film Yak, our weekly podcast discussing the art of cinema. Three guys sitting around talking about movies. Uh, each week we take a turn selecting a film, reviewing some of the world's most notable cinema. Uh, this week was Kevin's pick for the deep dive uh, review. We're going to be talking about classic film, The Battle of Algiers. Today I've got, as always, co-hosts John and Kevin with me. How you guys doing? Good. I'm good. Good, good to have y'all. Good to be Sorry here. Sorry about your migraine, John. It's over now. It's over. All right. Never now. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say. All right. Well, before we get into the deep dive review, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we watched. Yeah. All right, John. So what have you been watching recently? I uh, watched a lot of stuff. A lot of uh, stuff. I watched uh, all four Scream films. <laughs> Uh, rewatched right. the first three and then watched the fourth one for the first time. Mm. Was there a particular reason you got uh, into that? Nicole, my wife, wanted to watch them, and I uh, had been curious to rewatch the second and third one and see the fourth one because uh, I haven't seen the second, the third one since the theater. Yeah. I haven't seen the second one since whenever it came out on video, and I like the first one a lot. So yeah, first one's uh, pretty solid horror. All, horror all directed by Wes Craven, West all starring Craven. Nev Campbell. And mm. uh, Courtney Cox and uh, David Arquette. Yeah. And, they make it through uh, all four? They all do, yeah. Wow. And it's uh, a spoiler a little bit because little you bit. really definitely think that uh, David Arquette dies in the first one and you definitely think he dies yeah. in the second one, but he lives through all of them. Uh, his first one is, is still really good. Holds up really well. Really funny. Like, yeah. Really funny. Yeah. I remember uh, <laughs> when me and a buddy first saw that, I guess like on video. I don't think we saw it in theater. Somehow we already had the scream masks, and it was like right around <laughs> Halloween, so we were just like running around in our neighborhood with the scream masks on, being a bunch of shot, idiots. Man. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I like it still. I think it's really good. It's very like the killings are really brutal and violent. Yeah, it's and, very uh, brutal. Yeah, it's a lot of. Uh, they don't really. It seems like pretty. Uh, I mean, it's pretty silly because of what happens, but it's also like kind of like realistic because you know it's like these two high school kids who kill people and it's they're not like supernatural or it's not like a normal slasher film where it'd be some kind of unexplained uh you know like jason or freddy or whoever right this is weird because i randomly brought up skeet ulrich uh last week yeah <laughs> did you uh, yeah we were talking about newton boys it's like oh yeah skeet ulrich. he's good in it though he's really, yeah, he's uh, really he, play, good. he plays it really down the center you you really i mean you, when you watch it now and you know he's the killer yeah. You think, like, how did I not realize this guy was the killer because he's such mm. a skeezy? But then well, don't at the they, same like, time, he, like, denies it quite a bit. And, like, yeah. they, they find ways to make him seem innocent. Don't they, like, kind of yeah. set him up at first as the killer? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this got to be him. And then well, they, they throw you a that, curveball. Right. And then it ends up being him. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying Spoiler. to put him, They're trying to uh, uh, kind of, like, bury the lead or whatever, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um,. He's good, and Matthew Lillard's way over the top, but really funny and good. And yeah. uh, all, the funniest person in the movie, though, is uh, Jamie Kennedy. It's hysterical in the movie, <laughs> playing Randy, the film uh, nerd who works oh, yeah, in the movie yeah. store. He's just the best. He's really, really funny. He's That's kind of like his breakout, I guess, or like when yeah, he first it's, starts pretty much him. all of them. I think Lillard, yeah. it was Lillard's first film too, and Neff Campbell was just oh, yeah. starting was Lillard's party first of five. Film? Was pretty sure. Did SLC Punk come out before that? No, it was in 99. Okay. 98, yeah. 99. I was about to say, I, I, like, I like Matthew Lillard just for SLC Punk. Yeah. Because he's great. So I this watched... thing you're uh, talking about with the American Indian, man. Just... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I watched uh, Scream 2 after that, and Scream 2 is uh, much worse than Scream 1. 
Ouch. And the story... Is that the one with like the bathroom scene? Knife through the stall? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, That's uh, it was like Omar Epps or somebody at the, I don't know, some black guy at the beginning gets stabbed in the head. That's and then uh, uh, his girlfriend, who's played by Jada Pinkett Smith, is stabbed in the stomach. And it's got it starts with the whole the meta thing of like they now they made a film about the first film. Yeah, and yeah. And it's just fine. It's and then it just gets really convoluted and ridiculous from there. Uh, just the reveal of who the killers are is really silly and just stupid and not interesting at all. And uh, um, then the third one, you would think it couldn't get worse, but then the third one goes way down. Uh, <laughs> the third one was brutally bad, really boring, really long, uh, not like way more comedic. Like they're trying to get really uh, campy with it. Like scary movie esque. Not that bad, yeah, but yeah. just you know, like just like more like uh, like later. Like you know how like Friday Thirteenth off start Friday Thirteenth starts off really dark and everything and then like mm. they get campier and campier and like same with like you know all your like yeah. Halloween and Hellraiser and yeah why yeah. do you think that is in horror movies it's just like what else are you gonna do kind of um, I think that there's always comedy I think there's comedy and silliness in the first Scream but it's like they just think that that's what they need to do well i read that scream one got an x got an nc-17 rating because of the violence wow and then wes craven told them to rewatch it <laughs> and watch it as if it were a comedy and oh, then wow. rate it and then they wow. rated it r after they watched it <laughs> wow. like a comedy so you didn't have to make watch any cuts again, guys so they say uh, who knows oh, okay. i don't yeah. know if that story if is that's true, true. right I mean, yeah it's, it, but uh, i could see that wait and, wait, wait. Uh, it's a comedy guys yeah yeah wait yeah. just watch it again and the third film the third film is plays more like a broad comedy but it's not funny and oh. it's not violent like at all there's very little graphic like killings in it or anything it's just like everything's kind of off screen and implied anyways this is pretty brutal i gave it like a half star and maybe uh, they just got tired of all the like dark violence you know they're like oh let's make it fun oh let's just let's yeah. not even show the violence yeah i don't you know we're tired knows. of this but uh <laughs> watched part four for the first time had to rent it because it's not on blue unless you buy like a four pack and then my my wife owns the first three on DVD, so we watched the DVDs of those. But uh, watched four on iTunes, and uh, four is really good, actually. Four is much better really? than two and three. Oh. Uh, it has uh, M- Emma Roberts oh, yeah. and Rory Culkin. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Hayden Panettiere. And uh, they're All like right. the new stars, kind of. It's also got Nev Campbell in it, but she's not in it as much. No. She's all old. Like. Well, she is old. She does look way different because it's like yeah. eleven years in between the right that one and the. It's like Scream in a nursing home. No, she's not that old. Okay. <laughs> but it's like she comes back to her hometown, and the killings start again. And then who it is in this one is much more interesting than two and three. It's her. Uh, okay, is it her? No, that was my idea for three. Whenever we saw three in the theater, I was like, it should be Sydney. Nev Campbell should be the killer. Yeah, right. That would be interesting. But it it wasn't. Um, Too bad. So, yeah, I watched those. And uh, then I watched, uh, well, in between all of those, watched all those on the weekend. Went on uh, Saturday morning to see Good Time, the Safety Brothers film. Oh, yeah. Saw it twice, didn't you? Uh, Yeah. Was uh, really uh, liked it a lot. Uh, had dinner with uh, my friend Jonathan and his wife that night. Talked about it because they had seen it on Friday. Talked about it quite a bit. Decided we need to see it again. So the next day, 
my wife didn't like it very much. She was going to take a nap, so I was like, I called up Jonathan. I was like, let's go see let's it again. Let's go see yeah. it, man. And he went and we went again, and it was uh, even better the second time. Five mm. out of five. Pure cinema. Just a beautiful piece of work. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see it. Pattinson yeah. is uh, just a fantastic, yeah. underrated actor. Just a great actor. And um, Yeah, he's not somebody I would nail as a great actor, but even just watching the trailer, I'm like, this is completely different from anything I've seen him in well, or heard of him being in. He's just... He's been in some good stuff. Right. He's got to keep keep an eye out, my friend. All right. Got to watch Rover. 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 He's the great Rover. in Rover. He's great in uh, Lost City of Z. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's good in Cosmopolis, but I don't really like that movie. But That's the Cronenberg uh, one, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Okay. But he is good in it. Okay. Um, he just seemed to like really be into the character like he's his, the way it. he looks he's yeah. in it he is he is connie yeah it's a beautiful film uh score is fantastic bought the score on vinyl great score by onio tricks point never mm. uh just a great electronic score sounds like tangerine dream kind of reminds me of the thief score oh, okay for thief um after uh the weekend or on the end of the weekend uh Watch rewatch Fast Times at Ridgemont High because it was on. <laughs> Had you ever seen HBO it before? Now. Yeah, rewatched Fast oh, Times okay. at Ridgemont High. My bad. My bad. It's all good. <laughs> I missed that. I didn't see you. Pay had, attention. I don't think you had a star rating on Letterboxd, did you? Gave it a three and a half. Okay, I'm totally out of it then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he likes it more than The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like way, way more. Way more. Knight, it's yeah. funny though. Dark Knight's garbage. Uh, <laughs> We established that last yeah. time. Or at least John's, John's, John's is, opinion. It's yeah. fine. It's not great, but it's you know, it's kinda of funny at points. And John uh, Penn. I'll tell you, there's a lot of like talk about um you know everybody goes to like the uh what's her face and Phoebe Cates and her oh, like, yeah. scene where she un- undoes her top. Yeah. And like she's so hot or whatever. Jennifer Jason Lee is way hotter and she's I naked agree. way more in the movie. I agree. <laughs> and it's really I don't understand what all the fuss is about with Phoebe Cates. I just yeah. remember the uh I guess it's more iconic because like the, the music is playing. Scene, right? Yeah. Like well, it's not a the, scene. Not a scene. She goes they, to the clinic. She goes to the clinic, yeah. yeah. There's that's like the standout thing for me, which is like what, I guess the saddest, darkest part of the film. Are you talking? You, your microphone is pointed towards the wall right now. Just to make sure that you're actually getting heard here. Okay, yeah. I'm at the uh, side of it. So. Yeah, you're really uh, speaking into the side of it. This is probably better. It's all good. Um, they only hear what you're saying. Watched, uh, <laughs> we don't need to hear Jordan. Watched nah. uh, Battle of Algiers, and then after that was reminded of Michael Collins a lot by Battle of Algiers. Mm. So rewatched Michael Collins, uh, which is maybe a bit long, but really good. And... Uh, the only, my only complaint about it pretty much would be uh, that it kind of descends and it, I think it goes a little bit too far. Like I, I don't need necessarily to know about all the stuff at the end where like he it becomes like a political drama toward the end. Um, and I, I like more when it's about him like leading like a guerrilla army through the streets of Dublin, killing police officers. This is just like yeah. really cool. <laughs> Love it. Um, so then uh, after I, after I watched that. Uh, that spurred me on to to rewatch Elephant, uh, the uh, Alan Clark short film Elephant, uh, right. about the IRA killings in mm. the eighties, which is really good, very dark, very disturbing. Yeah, which is interesting because you mentioned Gus Van Sant's Elephant 
last yep. uh, yep. last mm. week. Yeah, but uh, this is uh, yeah, I guess this is the movie that inspired his elephant. But this is uh, way way different. Um, okay. Yeah. Have you seen this? You haven't seen this? No, I haven't seen it. You should see this. Have you seen this? No. This is. I've seen Michael Collins, but I haven't seen Elephant. I haven't seen either. It's just. uh, It's like thirty-nine minutes long, and it's it's just a bunch of vignettes of, uh, people, killing other people, and it's all based (laughs) on like real IRA killings. All right. And so it's like a guy. Like it'll be following a guy, and he'll walk into a building. And he'll walk into a back room and he'll just pull out a gun and shoot the guy who's in the back room. And then he runs out and like, that's what, and then he'll jump in a car and drive away and then like cuts to another one, Mm. does it again and again and again. And there's almost no dialogue and there's no music and it's just very, uh, it's very interesting. Um, then after that, uh, didn't think I was going to watch anything else, but I was sick today. So stayed home, watched the other film on that disc, which is Alan Clark's uh film the the firm starring gary oldman from Mm. 1989 he died in 1990 uh the director alan clark and he did all of his stuff's on television so like he did a lot of stuff for the bbc and the firm is actually a, a technically a television episode of a show that was on the BBC, but it's become like its own film now because nobody remembers the show and it's like (laughs) gary oldman in it um yeah it's very very good i loved the firm uh, it's about a a soccer hooligan named uh, Bex, who's played by Gary Oldman, who's also like a real estate agent, but he is also like part of this you know hooligan outfit, which is, is what they call a firm over there. Oh, and, okay. Uh, he, uh, it's about like his rivalry with a different firm and how they're they're all planning to go to Germany uh, to this big soccer match, and at the soccer match they're gonna like fight or whatever. And uh, a lot of different stuff happens, a lot of different like violent encounters, and then uh, it all kind of culminates in this pub where they attack the other firm with like bats, and they all beat each other to hell, and then people are shot. It's very, very good though. Um, Gary Oldman just a typically, uh, well, for that time, typically fiery performance from Oldman. He doesn't mm. really do that anymore, but he, he used to be very very he's very angry he does angry very well yeah. yeah he screams a lot on this one it's good yeah. it's real good and he's got about kind of like how his life is falling apart because of it like his wife wants him to stop doing all of it and he's like no because he needs revenge because <laughs> they like they destroyed his car at the beginning of the film my oh, car man. and so he's, my freaking car he's really mad about it and uh he's got like a baby and at one point like he carries around this like um like an exacto knife like a uh, like a box cutter uh. that he uses to you know like cut people with okay. and uh at one point he's on the phone with like the villain of the film and uh his his baby son gets the box cutter and starts like putting it in his mouth oh, and gosh. cuts his mouth all up and Jeez. that's one of the main things that like drives a wedge between him and his wife that oh, his wow. son gets hurt and then uh yeah but yeah it's really really good i re- recommend it these are all on uh dvd um, I'm pretty sure they're at the library, but if not, you know, just grow a sack and uh, buy them on Amazon like I did. <laughs> they're fantastic. All right. Cool. All right, Kevin. What's your Alan got? Clark? Uh, I'm so real quick. Alan right, Clark right. is a director who doesn't get his due. He's a fantastic filmmaker. Every one of his films that I've seen is great. And uh, 
he gave the first films to Ray Winston and Tim Roth. Ah. And, uh, I mean, like, an early film for Gary Oldman. And, I mean, it's just a very, you know, incredible filmmaker that nobody ever talks about. And it's unfortunate. Cool. Very cool. Thanks for sharing. All right, Kev, what you been watching? Let's see. Yeah, watched quite a bit. Um, let's see. First up, uh, rewatched Hot Fuzz. I saw this in the theater. Seen it several times since. You know, this movie still holds up after ten years. It's still so good. It's so funny. The action is so good. The uh, the plot is so good. Like, there's literally nothing in this movie that I can think of that I don't like. And like the little the little nods to action films but also like edward uh woodward is in it the guy in the original wicker man and you know plays on the small town with something to hide thing and yeah it's it's so good it's so good it's so good yes so good yes and later that white later that night um John was actually kind enough to lend me Walker by Alex Cox, and that was another really great movie. Um, I just love, like, I love the way, like, especially in the opening scene, the way the, like, kind of, like, Caribbean island music is set to, like, the, like, explosions and gunshots and stuff. I think it's, I think that was a really well done sequence. The score is by, uh, Joe Strummer. Yeah. I, yeah. Put, I put one of the songs on a mix for Jordan. I actually have, mix. uh, back in the day when the compact disc store was open here, they had the, uh, little vinyl version of like one of the singles from oh, the soundtracks awesome, i have that still in my collection i've got Great. the uh yeah, yeah i've got the big i bought it at capital the vinyl of the whole soundtrack but yeah it's good Great. man yeah. it's a good soundtrack so for listener for setting up for listeners who might not know about this film tell us a little bit about what it's you know what's the plot well walker is about an actual colonel in the mid 1800s who goes down to nicaragua and establishes a government there and at the beginning of the movie he's very much on the straight and narrow and he want, wants nothing to do with it but then his wife dies and from there he's kind of on this like pretty straightforward descent into like madness and believing in his own abilities and you know like a lot of revolutionaries like start out with great intentions but then end up being the dictator that they deposed in the first place. Yeah. And uh it's really cool too because um like it it speaks a lot to what was going on politically in the late 80s with Nicaragua and the US and how American business interests are being given more uh, given more of an ear than the actual people of Nicaragua. So to see see the parallels between the two I thought was really really well done and yeah it was just a just a solid movie. Ed Harris is great. And Ed Harris was Incredible. brilliant like I think uh like I think I think Michael Douglas does a pretty good job of acting in Wall Street like he won the Academy Award for uh 1987 but um I mean, I don't don't give any real weight to the Oscars, but uh, yeah, I, until they give I, it some, give it to somebody you like, right? Well, <laughs> well, even like like the Red Hot Chili Peppers are my favorite band, and when Stadium Arcadium won the Grammy, it was like okay, like I like Stadium Arcadium. I think it's a really great album, but it's 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 obvious that like oh, you know, they've been around for a while. 
here, here, you go. here, kid, here's a Grammy. The Grammys yeah. aren't very shy about what <laughs> yeah. they base their uh, uh, awards on, though. It's like right. record sales play a lot of a big part in it. Yeah, and yeah. radio play, and uh, the Oscars aren't like that because uh, they obviously don't care about. Box office and things yeah. like that, but but he has yeah. a point with like the history, like given Scorsese Best Picture for The Departed versus all his other films. I mean, come on, yeah. And Hitchcock never won an Oscar except for like some Lifetime Achievement Award at like the very end of his life. Yeah, like I think he'd even stop making movies at that point. Anyway. Well, you got to give people time to catch up. You know? I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What else? Alan you Clark uh, is still uh, not recognized. So. Yeah. <laughs> You can push for it. Yeah. Uh, Send this see. podcast to doing. the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. As soon as we get a couple hundred thousand listeners and... Uh, Boom. Get some people it's going on, big. on the Oscar yeah. committee. Alan Clark right. Facebook group. Mm. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, Sweet Smell of Success. Tony Curtis. Burt Lancaster. Very good movie. Um, Tony Curtis plays a press agent. And Burt Lancaster is like the most powerful newspaper man in New York. And so, like, most of the movie is Tony Curtis trying to suck up to Burt Lancaster. And, like, Lancaster, like, I've seen, like, two other movies with him where he was, like, basically this kind of big, imposing thug. And he's still he's still very physically imposing in this movie. And he's very imposing in just what his character is able to do. And you can see it all in his face. It's so, he's such a great actor in this. Let's see. Uh, Getting a lot of mic pop over here, just to let you know. Sorry, guys. Um, let's see. Last time, Jordan assigned me to watch all the real girls. Yes, and this is what I want to hear. I love this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear this. Come on, bring it. Was it was a blast. Yeah, I I did not really enjoy this movie. I gave it a one. Gave it one and a half stars. One and a half. One and a half. Come on. I I just it just. He hates it. Just give it to yeah. me. Yeah. What's what's your reasons? Well, I don't think I don't think the acting is all that great. I think the story is not that great. Um, didn't you say in your review great acting but dumb characters in, or something? In like that? some in some points, like like the lead, uh, Rob Schneider. I Paul Rob Schneider. Paul Schneider. Paul Schneider. Yeah, Paul Schneider. Oh, that Rob guy. Schneider. That guy. Yeah, I I don't. Like, uh, I don't buy him as a Casanova of sorts. I don't buy him as a confused intellectual, which is what some of the, like, reviews on... Yeah. I don't know where Fox I don't know where they D. get that. It's yeah, like, I confused don't, I don't intellectual is but, not, um, not in the film. But yeah, and like, I mean... They're all, like, know, southern like, good old boys. Yeah, right. and even that, I feel like... I feel like David Gordon Green, like, makes everybody seem, like, not dumb, but kind of simple... And it's like, okay, like, I don't think everyone needs to be portrayed in this way. And, like, I don't feel like the acting or characterization was good enough to hold up the kind of simplistic plot. And it's just just not for me, man. Not for you. That's all right. No. There you go. John, um, did you get to watch this at all? No. I don't like David Gordon Green. That's why I signed I mean, it to him. He didn't like David he Gordon didn't Green. Sign it to me. So I, didn't well, I thought it. George Washington was a better movie. You, uh, you really thought George Washington was better? Yeah. Yeah. George, out of the two, I'd much rather have uh, all the real girls on Criterion. But well, I, th- I don't know if either of them really deserve the treatment. But I digress. Hey, I mean, you know, it's it's all like 
I mean, you can. I feel like you can only be objective to a point for movies. And yeah. Like whatever, whatever you're seeing on the screen, you're gonna bring your own experience to it. So I mean, you know, like maybe, maybe, it, maybe it speaks more to you. For sure. It's fine. You um, hated it. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> on to another movie. Let's. I. I've been kind of going down John's top ten list that he has <laughs> that he has posted on the Baton Rouge Film Club website, and. Course. So, so I watched The Fountain. Oh, yeah. And You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. Like, uh, you made I, this movie. I have. I've not <laughs> been a. I've not been a Darren Aronofsky fan up until up until now. Like most of his movies, I think are just just not that good. But The yeah. Fountain is f- freaking fantastic, <laughs> and it is uh, it is just so good. It looks amazing. Uh, we don't have the Blu-ray on in the in the library system, so I just watched it on. This DVD. library is such a I'm gonna... trashy place. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna edit that out. <laughs> I'm gonna. We I'm have gonna, a great selection. I'm gonna buy this movie on Blu-ray because <laughs> it's, it's it's so good. It's like ten bucks. It's on so Amazon. good. Yeah, it looks amazing. Tell me, on tell me DVD. that Hugh Jackman doesn't put out the best performance ever in the history of oh. cinema. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Like all That's the right. all the different characters he plays and like 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 this... every like every like decision that he makes acting wise, like you be- you believe it. You believe yeah. it so much. Did and you he cry? does it so well. Just the emotion. Yeah. I didn't, but I, I didn't like I, I didn't actually like tear up and I, I was did. like <laughs> like I could feel myself, you know, I was all for Klimt. Yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. amongst yourselves. When yes. his wife, when uh, Rachel Vice dies, and he's trying she's to like awesome. bring her, when she's he's trying awesome to bring her great. back, it's, just, oh, it's what, is that Jeez, is that in so... the? Uh, I remember a scene like where they're in the bathtub. It's a hospital room. Hospital, but there's like a bathtub scene, right? Yeah, there's sex in the bathtub. Yeah. Okay, but like, yeah. there's something about his anger or emotions in the bathtub <laughs> area or at home. I don't know. Well, I just remember he gets upset dropping. because she wants. He's not telling him everything about yeah. the disease and what she's. I yeah, just remember yeah. him being like very upset, and angry, and very believable. He gets upset yeah. and angry after she dies, and then he tattoos himself yeah. with a ring with the, the fountain pen. Yes, yeah, when he's yeah, ta- that's yeah that yeah that yes. that's yes. probably so it. He's, he's out of he's out of it. He's in another he's on another plane of existence. It's great. Yeah, he's it's great. great. This, the film's great. That's you. You can see yeah. why it's so high on my list. Exactly. Let's see. Uh, you don't like. Uh, mm-hmm. The wrestler. It was okay. You, uh, you of all people should love the wrestler, right? Big wrestler fan here. You say that, but that's the thing. Like, that might being be a, why being a wrestling fan. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's there's a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, them like calling the match beforehand, him setting up the uh, the razor blade in his yeah. wrist tape so he can blade when he's doing doing a rest hold. But like. There's so many other things that are like really important to like wrestling culture and like actual wrestlers and like you 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 watch enough uh, shoot interviews with wrestlers where they're talking about like their real lives and what they go through with like promoters and fans and like trying to tell stories in the ring etc cetera, etc cetera. like not a lot of that is well, he's not a, enough of that is in the movie. Yeah, but he's like not one of those wrestlers. He's like and he's out of his prime. He's That's the that's the thing he's like too. Touring. Like touring yeah, but like I, a, I mean, he's not I get raw, you know. <laughs> even then, like, uh, like, like there are plenty of wrestlers that like would have been tech. Like uh, Jerry Lynn is a great example. Like he actually had to like he looks a lot like Mickey Rourke does in the wrestler, and like at one point he actually had to cut his hair so people would stop mistaking him for Mickey Rourke. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but like and like 
Jerry Lynn still like kills it like way later on in his career, like a, like kind of around the time like because like I don't I don't know the first promotion, but like the second and like third shows that he's on are for CZW. So like I see like Chuck Taylor and like Nigel McGuinness, Claudio Castagnoli, and a bunch and a bunch of other guys who are in. Not in depth there. <laughs> Should get see, you your wrestling. Your I watched wrestling, wrestling podcast. when I was in fourth and fifth grade, but I don't know any of those names. Man. Yeah, and see that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Like I didn't start watching the Undertaker. Wrestling until I was like twelve. I saw Ric Flair and, and Ric uh, Flair and Sting wrestle. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all I got. <laughs> Live at the <laughs> Centroplex. Oh, that's wow. awesome, actually. Anyway, pretty and- cool. Godspeed to Ric Flair. He's been in the hospital for the past couple of weeks. Uh, he was in a coma for quite a while, and he's recovering. So, all the best to Ric Flair. We anyway, can, we can promote this podcast with uh, wrestling to the exactly, wrestling fans. Exactly. Now. So let's see. Uh, all the film on. fans just dropped out. <laughs> uh, let's see. So I finally watched the original version of Funny Games, and it is a. It is a very unique horror film. Like it is, it is brutal from pretty much beginning to end. And like every time you think it's going one way, it goes the exact opposite. And there's, um, I don't want to spoil too much because like if if y'all haven't seen it, uh, like the remake and the original were both done by the same director. Uh, the remake has Naomi Watts and Tim Roth and um, Michael Pitt. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you can you can watch either one of them and really and still still get the story. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty great. Let's see. Also, rewatched Clockwork Orange, and I actually I actually liked it a lot better than I remember liking it when I first saw it in like seventh grade when I had no idea what movies were. Shocking that you liked it better than when you were twelve years old. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you hadn't like, seen it since then? No. Okay. Um, wait, maybe I have? Maybe I have. But that's oh. like your uh, firm memory of yeah, it. Yeah, this is my firm memory of it. And yeah, so I'm not going to get into like differences in the book because no. But uh, I think like Malcolm McDowell is really great in it. There's a lot of like visually great stuff. Wendy Carlos's soundtrack I think still holds up. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in the movie that's just way too over the top and just ridiculous. Anything particular? Uh, let's see. Like there's, there's a scene where they go to the abandoned theater and they're interrupting a rape with a, by a rival gang. Yeah. And like, uh, the, the great scene and the thieving magpie is playing in the background and like, I love the and they're when like he flying through the yeah, air and it's... I like the, the when he, he starts insulting him though. Yeah, how art thou? Yeah, that's... thou globby bottle of cheap chip oil. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like like beforehand, like like in the book at least, he's talking about like this was a real ugly guy, Billy. He's real ugly. Looks like a Billy goat and smells like smells like. Fried oil. It's been fried way too much. <laughs> come and catch so one your, of the yarbles. Your problem you is more like yeah. The, uh, come and get one in the yarbles. Was if, it the uh, like the montage of the yeah? The, they're, they're throwing like, the bodies. And, yeah, it's and it's like clear that like they're <laughs> they're obviously jumping on trampolines and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And like for like people to say like oh the violence is so visceral and so 
you know, is that, so in your is face. Is that really what you think people are talking about when they talk about how violent the film is? That's no. what I've heard people say. That's not what they're not talking about. Not that scene, though. Not that They're scene. talking about the rape. They're talking about her. the rape and then the scene when he gets hit with the milk bottle and... Yeah. yeah, I mean that. Like, obviously, I'm not talking about that's like a that scene is silly. It's supposed to be silly. It's like funny. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like with the quote unquote ultra violence, it's like you know yeah. violence as an art form, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I can I can kind of see that. I don't know. Like for me, it like especially when like they're playing the music over it, and it just distances you so much from the violence. In my opinion, when he when he. Uh, uh... The the one the one Droog uh like disrespects him or whatever and he cuts his hand. Oh yeah, that scene's that's violent too. That's like really dark, man. Because I mean, he, like yeah. when he it's all in slow motion and everything. It's like his yeah, friend, but yeah. like he kicks him in the nuts and then he slices his hand open. Yeah, that was pretty. Rough. Yeah. Or you know, I, he hits him with his his cane in the yeah balls. yeah he hits hits him with his cane like yeah. right, <laughs> which is funny too because like. Uh, those things, those cups are supposed to be there to protect their crotches. Well, you would think so, but I mean, yeah, who knows? Well, Probably just yeah. a fashion statement. Yeah. I remember yeah, I'd seen yeah, this yeah. movie like uh, 25 times before I saw it in the theater for the first time, uh-huh. which uh, was uh, like six or seven years ago. They played it at Perkins Row. And I had never noticed until I saw it on the big screen that uh, their, their cufflinks are eyeballs. Yeah, which human, human yeah, don't they have like a close up of yeah, that? Yeah, and they've the got beginning? like blood coming from their nipples and stuff. Yeah, I never yeah. noticed any of that. Yeah, and he's the... got the eyelashes. Yeah, all that stuff. I mean, my firm memory of the film was uh, going to Major Video near my house when I was probably like twelve, trying to check it out uh, with a bunch of buddies of mine, and we knew the clerks there pretty well because we were in there like every day, and they're like, "No, nah, you got to call your mom to to check this out." <laughs> You know, this is NC-17 or whatever. It's R. Uh, it's R. Yeah, they were wrong. But anyway, I called my mom up. She's like, no, I don't... NC-17 I, didn't even exist. I don't think I want out. you to watch that. And probably, like, a few weeks later, a buddy of mine, like, got it, <laughs> <laughs> like, on DVD somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Watched it. It's not that bad. Jordan over here being being a right horror show malchick. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He's quoting that. Yeah, like ex- extravagant boy, the Druids. All right. Yeah, like, you got anything uh, else? Um, not really. Okay, we'll move on to me. Good day. Um, I only watched two films. I also watched All the Real Girls after I saw Kevin uh, gave it a, a loathsome one and a half stars. I was like, well, let's let's see how our uh, ratings compare here. So I uh, rented it on YouTube and watched it and. Um, I gave it four stars. I wouldn't say it's a perfect film, but like you said, maybe my nostalgia of the film or my experiences kind of inform my my watching of it. I just find a lot of the the dialogue really funny in the in the film, and there's obviously like a lot of improv, which um, can get a little bit too much at times. But the kind of the naturalness of the dialogue is you know, really intriguing and really, really funny at times. Uh, especially Paul Schneider, his character, just some of the random stuff he seems to be saying, but it, it fits like his personality and his character really well. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, there's also a lot of emotion and drama, um, built into the conflict of, you know, he's in love with this girl who's his, uh, best friend's little sister and she's a virgin she's never really been with a guy before and he's kind of known as the 
the man around town who sleeps with all the ladies. So he's kind of trying to do right, live a better life, and uh, ends up falling in love with this girl. So that scene where she's talking about uh, her scar on her side and like how uh, she did this unspeakable thing when she was younger and just thought Zoe Deschanel's uh, performance was really great, especially in that moment. And I don't know, just it captures a lot of um, the sentiment of young love and, um, you know, dating when you're young and falling in and out of love and uh, trying to capture that feeling and things going awry with that. Um, so, but that, you know, four stars, it's not perfect. I did think it has a lot of some problems. Uh, it's a little too quirky indie film uh i feel like it tries a little too hard in aspects um like some of the poetic imagery and some of the montages in between you know some of the some of the action is a little pointless it could be cut down a a good bit so i gave it four I, i still enjoyed it um like i said i think i'd much rather see that on criterion than george washington because i'd probably only give george washington like maybe three stars two and a half can't remember what I, I put on Letterbox. Um, the other film that I watched uh, was Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, uh, mm-hmm. recommended to me by Kevin. So I watched his Blu-ray of that yep. at home, and uh, I enjoyed it. I guess it was it's it's I've never seen it before. Um, it's been hyped up to me a lot, you know. Especially you said it's the best Batman film ever. In my um, opinion. in your opinion. I disagree. At least in my opinion, I don't think it's the best. Um, it What's did better. It did feel like um, a pretty. It felt just like an extended episode of the animated series. That um, makes it the best. That makes it the best. Every episode of the animated series is better than every Batman film. Uh, I don't. I Deal just felt it. like no, done. We're done. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> I felt like like well, especially for a theatrical release, some of the animation in it was just a little rickety. Like especially early on, like some of the character movements and stuff were a little stiff. Some of the dialogue was a little cheesy. Just I don't know. Just I mean, some of it was good too. I'm not saying like hands down it's all bad. I gave it. Uh, I think I gave it three and a half. I thought it was decent. It was fun to watch. I thought the characters and the plot were interesting and that they really get into like the head of Batman, like his past and like what he's going through, you know, the whole like, you know, I'm a man, but also a superhero and like his romance with uh, Andrea in the movie. Yeah. So I thought it was, you know, it's good, but um, parts of it fell flat for me. And yeah, like it just felt a little little episodic or a little it didn't have like the gravitas of like the nolan films for me um i mean i'm not a huge fan of the dark knight or um dark knight rises i did like batman begins um so i think those films are just a little bit more impactful like emotionally uh whereas for this it's kind of hard to get past just like I'm a you know I'm a big fan of animation, but it did just kind of feel like okay, this is a extended cartoon, you know. So three and a half wasn't bad, wasn't great. I'd still, probably watch it again. Still a five star for me. I haven't I, seen it in ten years, but I like it a lot. I remember liking it. I've seen it a lot. All right. I still remember like everything about it. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's yeah. Jokers. In I like there. when he it's fun. goes out for his first night of crime fighting and yeah. his like ski mask. He's and, got the ski mask yeah, on. It's badass. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> he's trying. I like when he's he, trying so hard too. Yeah, yeah. And I like when he discovers that the thug in his memory is the Joker. Yeah, and he yeah. Draws the face on him. That's yeah, really, yeah. That's it does have a, yeah like interesting yeah. backstory for the Joker. You don't really see. Let's just elsewhere. keep talking it up. Event he'll be at a five before the end of the show. Oh yeah. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, maybe no, dude. That scene in the graveyard. It's like after we saw <laughs> after we saw McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Jordan, did, he didn't like it at all, and then we talked about it for like twenty minutes, and then it's a four and a half. I didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say I didn't like it at all. <laughs> he was. He was. You were talking trash about it though before, and then I was. I was like countering your points, <laughs> telling you what I liked about it, and then you were like, oh, "You know, it's pretty good, I guess." <laughs> I would have like at that moment, like coming right out of it, I probably would have give it like a three and a half. But then talking, th- you know, like sometimes I do sit back and process the film after a while. I'm you like, got to. I start to like it more than I I did originally. You've got to. And with that film, it was probably the ending, like uh, fell flat. But then you start thinking about all the other great things, like throughout the middle of the film, and you're like, oh yeah, that's really good. I think the ending is the best part about it. But uh, I didn't like the last shot. It's amazing. <laughs> Anyways, you're, you're a fool. Uh, I'm a fool apparently. <laughs> Well, let's get into what we plan on watching. John, what's next on your watch list? Uh, Anything I, um, and everything. I, I uh, rewatched some stuff and uh, maybe uh, been downloading. Oh, I've been downloading some uh, documentaries that I'm going to watch. Like uh, We Jam Econo, Story of the Minutemen, and mm. uh, Breadcrumb Trail, which is a slint documentary. And another documentary called Instrument, which is a Jim Cohen film about Fugazi. I've been downloading it's a them, lot of music documentaries. Planning to watch all of them at some point. Sweet. Have you watched Year of the Horse yet? No. I need to watch that too. I will eventually. Yeah. Not, uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's like, it's wow, not... where do you find the time to watch anything, you know? Yeah. Well, you got time to watch Fugazi. You got time to watch (laughs) Neil Young. I don't have time to watch Fugazi. Just call in sick a couple more days. right. (laughs) (laughs) The kids will be all right. All right, what about you, Kevin? Let's see. um, I'm going to continue the Alex Cox kick and watch Sid and Nancy. That just came out on Criterion. Oh, yeah. Like uh, day before yesterday. All right. Blue? Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> don't release things on just John doesn't mention anymore. anything unless it's Blu-ray. Amen, That's brother. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm um, going to watch Carlito's Way. Yeah, good good choice. Have you seen it? Not yet. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's one of John's favorites. I like, De, I like De Palma, so... Ooh-wee, you're in for a treat, buddy. No, I'll hype it up Eyes? too much now. Wait, uh, I have, but it's been a long time. You should like, rewatch really, that too, I man. I really do a value That's like... Oh, those are both great. Brian De Palma's a joke. Shut up. Carlitos ways it rules, man. I just wanted You're to say love that. It so good. Yeah. Let's see. I actually uh, like Carlitos way. Who doesn't? I'm gonna rewatch. Maybe uh, this guy's two star Ted. Nah, hell no. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna rewatch the uh, Nolan Batman movies because uh, John was talking about them last time, and having just rewatched Mask of the Phantasm because I realized I haven't seen any of these movies in at least five years, so. You know, see what happens. Uh, I'm gonna rewatch Children of Men because yes. I know that I've seen it, but my memory of it is very, very foggy. Great movie. Um, yeah, saw that with John and Logan in the theater, and it blew our minds. What movie? Children of Men. Oh yeah, it was good. 
It's been a while. Yeah. It's pretty good, though. Probably need to rewatch it myself. Koran is a real uh, hit and miss, man. Yeah, yeah. Gravity yeah. was rough, man. Gravity yeah. is terrible. His Harry Potter film is boring. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of which, I actually watched uh, Itumama Tambien. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either. No, like... It's okay. I it, do own it, it but... Wants, I, it wants so hard to be unbearable lightness of being. The book. <laughs> that's interesting. I haven't yeah. seen the movie. That's interesting. I haven't seen or read either. I was trying right. to be, you know, like, very frank about sexuality, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, and, like, you know, coming-of-age movie, and it's just... Yeah, I'm not a big... Eh, I'm not it's really in Spanish... Into it. I love That's Gale, not, I like uh, Gail Garcia Bernal a lot though. Oh yeah. Which, He's which awesome. one is he? He's the one of the two men. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Gail Garcia Bernal. Bicycle yeah, uh, uh, Diaries. Motorcycle Motorcycle Diaries. diaries bicycle yeah. Diaries. I don't know. Science of Sleep. Science of Sleep. Bicycle, bicycle Diaries is David Byrne. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. The book, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Diego Luna is the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bicycle Thieves in, uh, Diaries. Diego Luna is the guy who's in the new Flatliners with uh, Ellen Page. Yeah, which I... Diego you you got to be psyched about that one. Oh, totally. Like, you can <laughs> see it in my face. They can't, but y'all can. Yeah. I don't, I'm not looking at your face. I'm looking at the wall. Just accept the beauty, Jordan. Okay, I can't. That's accept why I'm looking the at the wall. I can't. You, you need to put a veil on. Whatever. All right, uh, what I plan on watching, I still need to watch Coffee and Cigarettes and Ghost Dog to complete my Jarmish kick. Uh, my pick for next week's going to be Cinema Paradiso, so I plan on watching that. I've never seen it. Uh, You've never seen it? I've never seen it. That's why I'm picking it. I'm not going to waste my, my pick on something that I've seen. I've got too much to watch. That's true. You do have a lot to watch. You know, can I just tell you, your top 100... It looks like you're a 19 year old like film student. <laughs> Thanks, got, John. You, I'm sorry, but you got you got Citizen Kane is on there. How can I not put Citizen Kane on my top 100? Would Citizen Kane be on your top 100, Kevin? No. <laughs> Why? I mean, hey, these these are these will, are my picks. I will, hey, I will, these picks, are my man. these yeah. are my picks. I, and also, he like I don't know if you noticed, he added like 115 things to his watch list in like one day. I just see 40. <laughs> what were you doing? You were like going well, we were talking about our... and just grabbing stuff that you hadn't seen before? I did that. <laughs> I knew you did that. <laughs> I was like, because I was like, I've seen everything on this that he's <laughs> Well, hey, you had a good list. I was like, all right, let me, uh, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of this. And it's good, Kevin's man. been watching you a lot of your stuff. top stuff. So yeah. I was like, yeah. all right, we can all compare our thoughts. So it'll be good for the yeah, podcast. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I stand by my top 100. I think those are all great films. Okay. I haven't seen. I've seen. I, I, and, I, I've seen. 80% and Citizen of Kane them. is not one where I'm like I'm gonna go watch that every week of the year. But I guess it's a mixture of objectivity and personal in interest. Objectivity. Well, personal interest. But you know, it's like even though it might not be my favorite film that I want to watch all the time, I still got to give it credit for what it is and what it does. You know, I think it's really so. boring personally. Yeah, each other. same here. It's true. I, I do. Th- I do think it's amazing. I've heard that Orson a lot about it. Made so. that when he was twenty five. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, the camera work by itself. Yeah, yeah. But just uh, like invented I mean, a lot okay. of, just invented a lot. I enjoyed touching stuff that you more. have nowadays. That yeah, but that's like again, that you that's wouldn't like have seen the, otherwise. That's the Josh Blaylock argument about jazz, right? That Louis Armstrong is the best because he's one of the first jazz. Just like it's just like that doesn't well, make you the well, best because you're the first. I, man. Again, you can't say I'm not going to say Citizen Kane's the best film ever, one but your, just one like of the hundred best. Films but just ever. like Louis Armstrong, like yeah, like he came first and he's great and did a lot of great stuff. I can't objectively say like he's my favorite jazz musician because I don't listen a whole lot of jazz. But I do enjoy it, so 
You know, it is what I it mean, is. it's fine. If you like Citizen Kane, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't... That wouldn't be a reason that I would include something on, on a list like no. that. My 100 favorite films. I guess we have different reasons. I clearly... Yeah. Film right. scholar over here is trying to trying to be objective about <laughs> trying it. Trying to be objective. Trying to be man. objective about a favorites list. Yeah. Favorite subjective. Eh. 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 We were we were talking about that a little yesterday about all the real girls, like how each of us, you know, like what we bring to our own review and what we're bringing to the movie when we see it and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like a film review is more based on like your personal feeling about the film or like your personal experience with it what versus else could a it be? versus a film critique where you're trying to analyze the film, you know, as more like an academic way where you're looking at the different elements and, you know, critiquing, looking to try and be more objective. Not yeah. saying you can be yeah, objective, but, that's, I, but you're I, trying okay. to be more objective. I understand what you're saying. Not, but push, not putting or pushing your personal feelings into the, the story. Right. Like, oh, I don't like that character because he's a jerk, so I'm going to give this movie a bad review. Versus like, okay, why is he a jerk? Like, yeah, how does that work for the that's film? Not, that's not what you're talking about either. You said, okay, so an academic critique where you say something like, uh, well, the way this is edited doesn't work because it doesn't tell... Uh, this part of the story correctly and it's confusing, right? Yeah. That's still subjective because it's confusing to you. It doesn't mean it's confusing to everybody. That's what I'm Some people would get you're that trying, and think that editing yeah. was amazing. Yeah, so you're trying like, to be objective. I'm not saying you can be. It all so is ultimately subjective, but I don't know. I hear you. I digress. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm going to watch Cinema Paradiso. Need to watch Moon, which I've been uh, looking forward to watch. I love Sam Rockwell. It's that director's only good movie. All right. How many does uh, Duncan Jones Duncan, have? Duncan Jones got three. What okay. else did he do? Source Code and World of Warcraft or oh. Warcraft? Oh, good. rough. Okay. Well, Ooh, yeah. he might I have done something else. But I don't plan on watching either of those. Moon is way saying. better than both of those movies. Uh, it's like David Gordon Green just went down the hill after. It's a good movie. I guess. Uh, Jeff Nichols' Shotgun Stories. Uh, I haven't seen that, and uh, I love Jeff Nichols. He's one of my favorite directors. So, plan on getting into that. So that's what I got. We're right. Word. All right, let's move on. Uh, Kevin, we're going to get into the deep dive on Battle of Algiers. That's and, right. Uh, you just give us a little brief synopsis about the film. So Battle of Algiers. We start in Algiers, specifically in this one section of Algiers, the Casbah. And it follows one guy well it follows quite a few people it's very it's very much a documentary feeling movie and, but it follows a bunch of different characters through the Algerian war of independence against France and it starts off with little things uh you know there's there's a committee who says we want these changes starts off with some violence and then there with from the Algerians, and then there's some violence back from the French, and it kind of goes back and forth, always upping upping the ante before finally this one lieutenant colonel is called in to really kind of really kind of yeah put a stop to all of it and but uh but yeah, I think um. Yeah, so it goes so it goes through that and like it's very much you see both sides of what's going on in the war, you know, a lot of confusion, a lot of moral ambiguity. Um Yeah. How about um tell us why you you chose this as your uh, your pick for us to watch. I chose Battle of Algiers because I thought 
well, I mean, we'll get further on to this in the review, but I thought it was really well done. I thought that the documentary feel was really great. I thought that uh, Ennio Morricone's music fit really well in these scenes, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that just rips at your heartstrings, and there's a lot of tension in the movie, and also one of the biggest reasons, uh, like we were like I was just talking about with Walker, like. A lot of the questions that they bring up in Battle of Algiers about, like, you know, torture and involvement of civilians and stuff like that is very, very, very relevant today. It's probably just as relevant as it was back in the mid-60s when the movie was made and back in the mid to late 50s when the actual action was going on, the actual the actual Algerian War of Independence. For sure. So, like, I think it's... And, like, the fact that, like... You know, they don't they don't make any bones about like, you know, asking direct questions and putting forth direct uh, criticism of both sides, I think is fantastic. Okay. Any uh, particular reason you wanted us to see this or just because you thought it was a great film and we hadn't seen it before? Well, John the other day was talking about uh, Detroit. So yeah. I figured like this kind of like guerrilla style, like. Not only guerrilla style warfare, but also like the more of a documentary feel about yeah. something that, you know, was actually going on. I thought he would appreciate that a lot. It's also on his list of shame, so something that he needs to see. I haven't Is seen yeah. his yeah. list of shame more than once, so I, I turn didn't know off. about that. Yeah, you need to update that, John. But yeah, and you know, I thought I thought you would appreciate it from, you know, um kind of the stuff that I was just saying. Okay. So. Well, uh, before we get into our deep dive, we're going to do something called the Star Rating Battle, or Battle of the Stars. So this is where we're going to try and guess each other's ratings, and whoever gets closest to uh, the star rating gets to assign the other a watch for next week. And Kevin, since it's your pick this week, you can guess ours, but really the battle is going to be between me and John. So how do you think we felt about this? Let's see. For you, Jordash... I am anticipating four stars. All right. Um, let's see. I think, uh, I don't know. I, f I feel like you might have felt like there wasn't enough suspense in the movie. Because uh, <laughs> I know a little bit of something about suspense. Exactly. That's a little in inside joke between exactly. us because Kevin always yeah. feels like we don't know anything about suspense. But yeah. we do. And I think, uh, I don't know, like you, you might have thought that it went back and forth a little too much, maybe maybe a little hard to follow. Um, so I'm not smart enough to. to I didn't get say this that. Movie. I'm joking. <laughs> All right, I so, didn't say that. So for, I, you're, you're thinking I might say that. All right, so yeah. uh, what you and, got for, and for, for John? John I think that John is going to go all out and give it five stars. He's going to say that it's brutal. He's going to say, love it. <laughs> he's going to use the word brutal. Yes. Love it. And he's going to say, love it. <laughs> love it. Like last time. And, and I'm fairly confident that he's going to go, I love how grainy this thing is. <laughs> All right. So, John, it's between me and you, bud. What's your, what's your guess four for me? Four and a half for you. Four and a half? Yeah. All right. I'm going to guess a four for John. I think John's going to say, I liked it. It was good, but I needed more squib. I need more squibs. <laughs> the violence wasn't believable or, or something like that. Yeah. John, uh, for those who don't know, is our resident violence expert. Yes, yeah, our squib man. 
He loves this. He loves a good squib. Yeah, I do like squib. A lot of good squibs with Michael Collins. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, so we'll save our true rating for the the end of the podcast uh, after the deep dive. So uh, let's get into it. Kevin, you kind of already uh, talked about your feelings for the film. Um, let's go to John. John. Let's go to me. Let's um, go to you. I, uh, What's your review? I uh, Let's dive deep. When this film started and it was uh, showing the uh, French soldiers running around trying to uh, find the Arab people and kill them. Um, and there was a score in the beginning and it... Uh, Ennio Morricone score and some other guy scored it with him, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, I read that he was brought in after the fact to rescore or something. Anyway, but anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I really hated that score. I was really bummed <laughs> out. I like the score throughout the rest of the film. I think it's actually like really good. But the beginning and the very end, they use this. Uh, it's kind of like the drums. Like, sounds sounds like, like, yeah, like a military. Sounds thing. like the Dirty Dozen kind of. Yeah, it just really put I me off. I was like, it's just very unserious. And I really didn't like that. Um, but that's just a kind of a little nitpicky thing. Uh, overall, I, I'd say, uh, I mean, are we just saying overall what we thought? Just your review. Yeah. What you normally say. It was say. all right. All right. It, uh, sorry, Kevin. Didn't, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. didn't blow me away. Uh, didn't, didn't dislike it. Just, uh, more than anything, just made me want to watch Michael Collins again. <laughs> just cause, uh, you know, they're both films about uh, insurgencies against imperialistic uh, forces in another mm. country. And uh, and this film is feels very uh, like it could have benefited from more focus on like like the central. Like there is a central character, I guess. Ali Le Point. Yeah, Le yeah, Point. Sort of. Le Point. Le Point. Ali Le Point. Ali, Ali Le, Le Point. Point. And that guy's good in it. I like him yeah, in it. Non-actor. But I... Uh, but, <clears throat> I don't know. I could have used more of like, I don't know, just like more about him, I guess. Like more maybe. of a through line? Yeah, I guess. Okay. More like a, like just if it was just his story instead right. of like, it's kind of like, it's his story, but then we're going to cut to the colonel guy for like 20 minutes and talk about him. And then we're going to talk to the these people for 20 minutes and talk about them. And I don't know, it just felt kind of like uh, too ensemble for my taste. And mm. uh, the documentary stuff, like you say, it's, it is shot like a documentary. And I like that. But at the same time, I kind of wanted it to be, like I, I kind of wanted it to be uh, like less gritty, okay. In a way, like I wanted it to be like more, more cinematic. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I thought you might say that for some reason. Yeah. I don't and know then uh, the violence in it is, you know, it's it is what it is. It's it's what is it, sixty six? Yeah, yeah. You know, squibs existed at the time. I don't know why you don't know, just put a squib on some people. <laughs> so you yeah. do. You are going to say you wanted more squibs. I do. I would have definitely loved some, some squibs. I loved. I loved anytime they shot at like walls and stuff. And you and could see squibs. like the the wall breaking away yeah, yeah, or the that's dust. Killer, yeah, man. I that love was, that. But that I mean, was, yeah. yeah, it's just like there's a lot of like uh, you know assassinations and stuff in it. And uh, yeah, you know, just could he just you know a little squib on the back, a little squib on the head. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but um. Again, those are all kind of like nitpicky, you know, that's not anything that really, uh, I mean, I guess it brings it down a little bit. Um, I think that, uh, I will say this real quick that I, I, I like, I just, had, just took some notes. Like, what is the point of the ruse with the empty gun? I don't get it. That was one thing I didn't get either. Like, what sense like does that make? We had to test you. 
wouldn't it make more sense to put the guns, bullets in the gun and exactly. have them tested? Because you want the guy dead. Yeah. Why not like, just that have makes shoot no him. sense to me. See, this yeah. is this is where like I feel like. Did you watch it on DVD? I watched it on Filmstruck. Okay. Which is the Criterion. Because like I was I was telling Jordan earlier, I I rewatched it last night on Canopy, and I feel like the DVD, the Criterion DVD, seems to be a little different than the one that's streaming on Canopy. Because I felt, I think like some of the some of the voiceover I felt was a little different. Like especially like the very first scene where you see Lapointe, he's doing like card games in the alley, and some yeah. some lady like that's the man. Like I don't remember the voice being like that drastically different from, uh, from like his his lips moving, and like and in that in that scene like. He the the guy Jafar like he's telling him like, look like yeah you could have yeah you could have we could have had you kill the cop but then that would have had the cops like just coming out of nowhere and like we'd go we wouldn't be able to accomplish anything because they'd be okay. slamming down. Is that what he says? I'm, I must have even that. still though it's like so instead we're gonna like out you as a attempted cop killer. Well, you had still had to assault the cop his, to get him away. The plan from was for him to shoot him in the back though. I understand that. But, but so, like, if he would have yeah. shot, tried to shoot him in the but, back, nothing happens, then he wouldn't have been well, outed. Like, they were just like ran away. Yeah, Nobody would have seen him. And also, like, he was, and also, like, he was the only, like, you know, he's the only cop in the street. And like, like to to the cop, I'm sure, like, oh, you know, it's an Arab, because like they play that up a, a little bit like earlier, where like, um, you know, this dude, this you know, Lapointe's like running away, and the the French guy is like, ah, you tripped, ah, yeah. And yeah, so it's like the, so like they're, I feel like, um, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's, for me, it's like establishing like how the Arabs are kind of like faceless and looked down on in their own country and that kind of thing. I could see it like it's, it's, I mean, I see see y'all's point too. It sort of fits Jafar's character because most of the film, like Lapointe is like, let's take action. And he's like, no, let's wait. So I could see him being like, well, we just want to test him. We don't want to take any like drastic action yet. But I, yeah. too, like, didn't really follow the logic. They're like, well, if you would have killed the informer, then, you know, the cops would, if you were, like, with the the French police, then they would have had no problem about that. But I didn't, yeah, I didn't get why they didn't just let him kill the cop, you know? Um, uh, I mean, I could see well, different points, like, that you're making, Kevin, but ultimately I was just like, well, that, it just kind of took me out of the film for a minute i was like what okay let's yeah and that's that's on. why i was that's why i was confused by like the different versions because i could have swore on the dvd that he actually goes into that whereas like i don't feel he goes like into he it quite in, a bit uh, on canopy. the dvd but i still didn't follow i was like okay. wait what okay. okay um what else john like the explosions in the film anytime there was an explosion felt really good felt really real like i liked how they like, you know, just back in the 60s, there's no, like, rules for anything. So, there's, like, they're blowing stuff up, like, right next to people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You, and you really, really feel the danger yeah, for yeah. them. It looks Definitely. real, you know? Yeah. And, uh, like, yeah. all the cafe explosions and stuff look really real. Yeah. It was all good. Um, uh, Really, my favorite part of the whole movie uh, is where that that guy is making that. The French guy is yelling at them through a... Through like a PA system, and then that kid gets a hold of the PA and oh, says yeah, like, yeah. Uh, "Don't despair, because we're you know the the, the FLA, FLA or whatever." FLA, yeah. yeah, and then uh, 
and all the people start cheering and stuff. Yeah, like, best part of the whole. And they're all ululating. Yeah, yeah, it's killer, man. Killer, good, good part. That's what I was talking about last time with the comedy, like when the. Eric, um, the, yeah, the, in the cab when like, he's when doing, he the doing the high pitch. Oh yeah, yeah, like that's that's what I was thought he was doing, like just to be like extra racist. <laughs> uh, okay, um, that was very effective in the film. I thought think. it yeah. thought it dragged a little at the end. Uh, thought both sides were presented uh, in a pretty pretty fair and balanced way. Actually, could really see uh, the mm. uh, the reasoning behind both sides. Yeah. And I like that they don't just paint the French as like monstrous, like, you know, like, yeah, they're like, you know, they're just trying to maintain order kind of thing. And yeah, uh, they don't really understand the Arabs point of view and the Arabs don't really understand their point of view. And it's, uh, you know, it's just a big mess. And uh, I like that about it. Um, yeah. And uh, I. I also think that there's kind of a message of like, uh, well, I think if it came out today, it'd be really controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Too, because, uh, but in a different way, just because it like kind of looks like torture, torture really works. You know, you can use torture and get whatever you need, all the information yeah. you need to get you torture people. I mean, apparently, yeah, that's, that's apparently like with the history of the film, a lot of uh, countries like Gorilla, you know, a lot of countries that were in the revolutions uh, after this uh, watched the film as kind of like a guideline mm-hmm. to guerrilla warfare, yeah. and even they showed it in the Pentagon for uh, for when we were going into Iraq for generals and stuff to understand. Like this is what this is the kind of fight that you're getting into. This is like a different type of warfare than you're used to. Yeah. So it has been used historically to kind of understand. That type of warfare, which is pretty. Or it's just interesting. like when Zero Dark Thirty came out, it got a lot of flack for that, <clears throat> right? You know, yeah. but I mean, this is like the same thing. So, all right, those were my thoughts. All right, Kevin, did you have more to to add to your earlier review? Not really, but I did want to ask John a question. Sure, um, I'm all ears, brother. On the bring it on the. The Blu-ray of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. There's the interview with uh. Uh, Coppola and Milius mm-hmm. and they were talking about how um, when George Lucas was attached to Apocalypse Now sure. he basically wanted to do a remake of Battle of Algiers how do you feel how do you think about that I don't I'm not familiar with that part of the story although it's been a long time since I've seen those interviews but right. uh, I am I, I do recall that uh, when George Lucas was planning on doing it he wanted to go to Vietnam right during the war yeah, film, yeah, which yeah. I think is awesome. I think it'd be great. Yeah, sure. But yeah. but uh, I mean, if you wanted to do a remake of like Battle of Algiers in Nam, is that what the plan? But was? not like a remake, but like I think like, like in the same style. story and yeah, they were gonna do it like sort of documentary yeah, gritty yeah. that kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think that would have been great. I don't which know. is interesting. You bring up, I, but uh, I also th- I'm sorry. I also yeah, think that Apocalypse Now works because it's cinema it's not yeah you know, it's not, I agree, like, it's yeah. not a documentary it doesn't try to be real it tries to exist in a surreal space of yeah war is like this transcendent experience of war right well, well like which doesn't uh you know which i think is what separates it from other war films it brings mm-hmm. up a good question about and i kind of anticipate you feeling that way about this like it should be more cinematic but i don't know really how to phrase this question but it's like what like documentary style versus like a more cinematic style like what 
what is better or worse about well, it's either. Just perfect. Uh, we talked about the fountain earlier. I mean, the fountain versus the wrestler, Black Swan. It's like, I like the fountain. I like Requiem for a Dream more than I like his Aronofsky's, you know, when he ad- adopts this kind of handheld documentary mm. style of filmmaking. I just don't, I don't see, it's just an aesthetic choice. It's, you know, one works better for one thing and one works better for the other. And, and to me, a lot of the times when directors choose to use handheld camera, it's not, it doesn't feel like they've thought it through at all. It just feels like, well, we got, we have, we're shooting on like 13 days or whatever, and we don't have enough time to set up cameras, shots. So we're just going to shoot everything handheld. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for something like the wrestler, especially doesn't seem, hundred percent necessary. I don't know what it adds to it to shoot it handheld and like a documentary and uh, to try to get that feel, except for the fact that they're shooting a lot of scenes with like him interacting with real people. Yeah. From, yeah. Like from that perspective, I understand it, but um, you know, and I like the wrestler a lot. Don't get me wrong, but like, uh, and for this film, not saying this film doesn't warrant it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, if it, if this definitely warrants it more than something like the wrestler, because it's, trying to tell a very real story like a like something that actually happened i think that's why they don't focus on characters too much and I, there's mm. no like extra yeah. like there's no love story or anything like that and you know yeah which i which i appreciate um, yeah but for um, sure i just i mean it's just a personal preference i yeah. prefer things to i prefer i mean my favorite film of all time is apocalypse now i prefer all films to look like apocalypse now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's beautiful but you make a good point that it, it depends on the story you're trying to tell yeah and like, i mean uh, it's like also i mean there's not uh schindler's list uh, uh spielberg shoots schindler's list uh in a very cinematic way and uh i mean it's gorgeous and then when they go to whatever dachau or whatever or yeah wherever it is the death camp and then it's all handheld in the death camp because again he's trying to get at something like this is real now it's like we're, yeah. we're not we're outside of the story now this is the real thing that happened yeah, yeah. and also to convey like a kind of frenetic like off sure yeah that too but i mean it's not like it's it's a really slow scene but i mean yeah i think that he's just i mean that, that's that's an example of when it makes sense to do it you know it's like yeah. there, there's a thought process that you can see on yeah. the screen where it's like spielberg and kaminsky are saying well uh you know we should probably go handheld now because it makes more sense you could tell it wasn't like a budgetary concern or anything like that it was right just, yeah you just make that choice for the scene or the story yeah. or the film that you're trying to uh trying to make yeah you brought up lucas earlier which uh is interesting i didn't know i kind of forgot that about uh lucas trying to make apocalypse now and yeah. wanting to do it in the documentary style but that actually makes a lot of sense uh when you consider his first film american not his first film second film i guess um american uh, graffiti yeah second film yeah yeah um, cuz it's shot like it's like a documentary it's documentary style and it's really great i like it a lot um just the look of it's really interesting and very different from what we know today as george lucas and green screens and star wars and everything sure. so the, yeah that would have been um that would have been interesting to see his version yeah all right well uh, we'll get into my review of battle of algiers i loved it oh, thought it was great um it really did blow me away i thought it was dramatic it was very uh, emotionally impactful um political suspenseful i thought it worked on a lot of different levels um, I love the cinematography, like the realistic documentary style, and it owes a lot to like the Italian 
neorealism movement um, that it kind of comes out of with Rosalini. So I'm a big fan of Bicycle Thieves and Rosalini and um, that whole movement. So it, you know, it worked for me in that way. And it's very realistic. I mean, I can't think of another film that's probably more realistic that I've seen. Like, it's a really good, gritty just dark realistic film and like in some of the trivia i was reading was talking about how uh in the u.s version they had to put like a disclaimer at the beginning that you know no newsreel footage uh was used in in this film and i can see why like parts of it i'm thinking wait is this newsreel like i could be convinced that it is but none of it is it's all staged and very um choreographed but it looks very real so that in itself is just amazing to me i thought the acting was really great um especially having non-actors in most most of the roles except for uh jean martin who plays the colonel but like the guy who plays ali lapointe um i thought he had a great presence just about him like his face and like the confidence and like that kind of youthful rebellion that he exudes i thought you know he was really really like just dynamic to look at just like anytime he was on screen he's just like has Mm. a very interesting look about him yeah um the scope and like the structure of it i liked how it begins with ali lapointe like it begins at the end of the war of independence uh where he's like hiding behind the wall and everything and then it cuts to kind of showing his beginnings and the beginning of the war and how it escalates and, you know, the colonel comes in and it inevitably goes to the the scene that we saw the be- at the beginning. Um, and just I just like that, that kind of tight structure of the film. And then we have the epilogue or the coda at the ending where they do gain independence. Uh, spoiler. You know, yeah. but I mean, if you know anything about history. Yeah. Um, and that last that last scene, that last shot where it's just like the riots in the streets and the cop, you know, it's like all smoky and there's, you know, dust and smoke and um, just chaos everywhere. And the and the cops like the it's like the one scene that does feel really cinematic, but also very realistic where the cops are like, you know, go back to your homes. Like, what do you want? And the people are like, independence, our pride. And it just feels so like visceral and real. Yeah. Like it, like it does do a really great job, the film of being balanced and like even handed with both sides. Like you see atrocities from both the French, like torturing yeah. the people and the Algerians who are just like bombing civilians. But I feel like it does in a way lend itself to you in the end, especially like the filmmakers showing through, like wanting you to want their independence. Like that's kind of a, I guess in an innate sense, you would feel like for those people, like they, they want their independence, like they deserve their independence. uh, Despite, you know, that doesn't excuse like all their atrocities, but um, that ending scene where, you know, the narration talking about how they gained their independence. I like how they don't go into like, any formal agreement or showing like the actual, like when they gain their independence, like he just tells you in their narration, but it ends on that shot of the lady, uh, you know, dancing and twirling the flag and everybody wailing. It was just very impactful, like a great ending. It, uh, you know, it just really hit me in the stomach when I watched it. I was just like, Oh, good film. Like one of those were just immediately 
knew that it was a great film. Um, awesome. Y'all mentioned the score as well. It's like, yeah, I kind of agree with John. That first part, um, little drum tap yeah, yeah. thing was a little <laughs> bit too much, but the rest of it was really impactful. Just really great score. Um, what else? What I didn't like, I thought the, um, of course you have non-actors and it's Italian. They always do the dubbing over at the end and the lips not matching. So yeah. I, you kind of just take that for what it is, but it, I didn't, I don't like that. It just kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Um, some of the shots, you know, and not, I'm not talking about like the chaotic riot scenes, but like when he first meets Jafar, some, like some of that was like out of focus or a little shaky is like, I know it's documentary style, but it was probably, it's just like a nitpicky thing. It was like one shot of it's Ali. you're experiencing his perspective, man. And it's like out of focus. And <laughs> what was that in the, the Manchurian, um, candidate. Manchurian candidate? I don't know. It was just like, you could have, you could have got that shot in focus, but no, it's a little nitpicky thing. Um, I mentioned, I didn't like the uh, empty gun thing. Like why not just kill the, the cop? Hey man, just but, kill uh, the pigs, just... man. <laughs> I suppose it it had to um, it had to kind of work for Jafar's character in a way, just because he was a little bit more um, cautious. I yeah. liked that. I liked the characters a lot, like the differences between Jafar and Ali and the Colonel, like just showing all their different perspectives. Yeah. I, I liked the ensemble feel of it, just that it. It felt like it captured the the whole scope of the war for me. Like I felt like I was very informed about the history of it. I felt like if you had a through line with just Ali's character, it would feel a little bit more biased, like more pro Algerian, yeah. and it wouldn't have that kind of notable neutrality. Because I can't think of another film you you would portray something like this. Like, have y'all seen a film where it portrays both sides pretty balanced and evenly? Uh, without prejudice and really for the time period showing the algerians and like complex characters yeah, that they're yeah. not just it's not just the white man against like the minority you yeah. know dark skin <laughs> character like it's really one of the first that that champions those kind of people so i thought it was awesome for that um I did think some of the it could have more squibs, like the violence could have been more realistic in parts. I mean, the bombs, very yeah. like I thought those people were were I thought that was newsreel. Like this is people dying that we're watching, or like the torture montage and everything. Like yeah. it all looked very realistic, but there were a few shots where it's like you can see like the army guy with the gun and he mows down somebody, but you don't see any blood or gunshots on the guy. He just falls to the ground. Yeah, weak. You know, weak. a little weak <laughs> there, but overall really great film. So on, uh, and Michael Collins, when, uh, when Liam Neeson's care, he plays Michael Collins when he, he decides that, uh, what they're going to do is they're going to start, they, they send letters to all the police detectives in the Lund- the the British police detectives they're in Ireland, the British police detectives, and they tell them uh, from now on if you're associated with the Crown, it's a death a death sentence on your head, and you've been warned. Right. And yeah. so and they all get the letters, and some of them are mad, but other ones like ah, it's just a, you know it's just a joke, whatever. They're not going to be able to. Yeah. Do it. And then they he he starts sending them out one at a time, and they just, they assassinate all the police detectives, and the first one that's the uh, the guy walks up. <laughs> to him and they're at this fruit stand and he's just he's gonna do it you know but he's real nervous and everything hmm. and uh 
and then finally he just he just decides and he pulls the gun out and he puts it underneath his chin and he says may god have mercy on your soul sir and then he shoots him and the whole top of his head just explodes it's so <laughs> <Wow>. good <laughs> so it's good, so good. <laughs> and then he runs away and jumps on a bicycle and rides it's really great uh, you reminded me i don't know what reminded me but another thing i liked about battle of algiers is the where they show the french colonel and like how they are trying to understand the the ranks of the Algerian, like the FLN, like, you know, how he explains, yeah, the like, pyramid the pyramid thing. system yeah. mm-hmm. and how, like, nobody really knows each other. Like, only three people know three, you know, two other guys, and then it, like, branches off. I thought that was really interesting. That was really yeah, that was cool. Good, that was yeah. good scene. Good scene. All yeah, right, funny. well, uh, what you got? I was, uh, if we were going to lead into a little bit of trivia about Battle of Algiers, the guy who plays Lieutenant Colonel Matthew, uh, Jean Martin, he was actually one of like 121 people who signed this thing in a French magazine saying, give the Algerians their independence. Mm. And so the fact that he's now playing a French colonel on the other side of that. Uh, yeah. He was also in the military fantastic. too, right? Yeah. Like he, he was, uh, yeah, I think he served in like, uh, the far East. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. So he brings so he brings the experience, and he also brings a you know knowledge of what was going on. So, and yeah, that that scene where he's like you know, like hand, hands hands on his hips, like let me make it very clear: we do not use the word torture in our orders. Cut to torture scene. <laughs> torture scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah, that was. I yeah. liked his handling of the press, like the the scenes between him and yeah, the press yeah. were pretty cool. Other trivia so I thought man. was interesting, uh, talking about the score was Morricone and uh, Pontecovro, I think was the director's name. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, they disagreed a lot on the score, but uh, uh, the director was coming over to Morricone's place to he had like a little melody in, he, in his head for the film that he wanted to include. And, uh, Morricone tricked him cause he heard him like whistling it on the way up the stairs. So, um, they're like, all right, let's, let's go and separate. And we'll each come up with a melody for the film. And when we come together, we'll see which one we like better. And then Morricone, um, he sang the same melody, you know, that Ponikovro had. And he was just like, Oh, you know, blown away. Like it's magical or whatever that we both have the same melody. Wow. And he, he thought that for years until like later on he revealed, yeah, I was just messing with him because we could never agree on anything. So I just did that so we could <laughs> stick with one thing at least. Nice. Yeah. Pen again. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's get into our star ratings, our, our, our real, reveal of of what we think each other has guessed for oh, this film three and a half for me for me i gave it three and a half oh, you gave it three and a half yeah all right i'm revealing my star rating. you're revealing okay i think we're tied because i gave it a five what you guessed four and a half for me i guess four for you, you. went over i win huh no that's not how it it's is who, whoever's closest. Closest. whoever's closest. closest yeah but not going over did we establish? I don't think we going established over? going over. I think we should. <laughs> uh, I don't okay, know. Uh, I don't know about that. I feel like clo- just closeness. Either way, like well, okay. You said he would give it a four and a half, so he gave it a five. Four and a half is closer to five than three and a half is to four. Mm, I don't know about that. I liked it, didn't love it. If you were at a four and a half, you could still love it and be eight. See. Four and a half, love it. Five, love it. Same. 
I think we should do a tiebreaker of some trivia. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, right, let's break get the tiebreakers who's out. Gonna, who's going to win that? I wonder. Oh, <laughs> well, obviously it's going to be Jordash. Directors or what? What do you want? I don't, I don't care. Let's do general because we did directors last time. Yeah, I'm grabbing from the middle. Might have, I might have a better chance here at the trivia so we'll against do, the uh, trivia master. We'll do two each. Sure. And he's got to do them. So. Okay. Whatever. Obviously. Doesn't matter. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have a pick for you, my friend, mm. <laughs> that I really want you to watch. Again, let's talk about that then. Like, what is the pick? I mean, like, if I if I win, you you gonna watch whatever I tell you to watch? Yeah. Are you sure? I, unless it's like Solo oh, see, or something. Oh, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> unless it's this movie or that movie. Or this unless movie. it's like against my moral. Oh my god. Um, all right, let's go. <laughs> okay. In, uh, take all the. I'll just watch. <laughs> okay, John. Yeah. What is the name of Randy Quaid's dog in the 1989 comedy National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Randy Quaid's dog? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a, a multiple. Okay. A. Mutt. B. Rags. C. Snots. D. Barker. Uh. What was what was B? Rags. B is rags. Rags. Nope. I don't know. Ah. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> what movie was that? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. What's the answer? C. Snots. Ah. Uh, okay. So. Jordash. So if I win this. So funny. So if I win no, this. We gotta, I, no. We got to do two? Yeah. All right. Okay. So. You win this. All right. Uh, like, like you'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh, you're so, pride before a fall, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a quote, and you say which movie it's from. Okay. Okay. Maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots. Oh, I How know. do they taste? Can I, can I steal? No. <laughs> no. No give me, give me the options. No, no. Yeah, you no. got options. I could do it without the options. That doesn't matter. This is my quote. I should win. This is my card. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is supposed to be the tiebreaker, guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A... Michael, B, The Lost Boys, C, Raiders of the Lost Ark, D, Poltergeist. Lost Boys. Yes. You would never got it without the, without the, the hints. Unbelievable. Nope. But How I fair got is it. That? But I got it. Why don't you throw me a softball like that now? <laughs> a softball. All right, all right. <laughs> Underhand over here. Unbelievable. Needs a little help. A little handicap. Oh, yeah, I need help. Ah. Let me tell you. Ah. All right, let's see. Um. <laughs> Okay. Another quote one. You're going to be a sore loser, aren't you, John? I'm not going to lose. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Name the movie. The Godfather. That's your final answer? Give me the options. Oh, no, no. He was so confident to give him that look. There is, that line is in The Godfather. Give me, give me the options. Okay. A, Goodfellas. B. Godfather Part Two, C. Casino, D. Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, Godfather Part Two. Whatever. <laughs> Still. C. You would be just as fastidious on the technicalities, <laughs> Mister Man. Whatever. Yeah, but when it comes to him, he's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. All right. What are we gonna do if I get this? You gonna do one more each? Yeah. This is an interesting one. Are we both just here. assign? Uh, this is Jordan's. Something. You're looking at me still. This is Jordan's. Okay. Um, 
Okay, Jordan. What film marked Tom Hanks' directorial debut? Easy. A, Big. B, That Thing You Do. C, Turner and Hooch. D, Joe, Joe versus the Volcano. Joe versus the Volcano. <laughs> nope. No? Ah. Crap. Can I steal? Big. That Thing You Do. Ah. That was my second choice. Crap. So, so technically John wins? Yeah, John wins. <laughs> Was there ever any doubt? Or <laughs> whatever, I'll see you in here's hell, a, my friend. Can you just throw me another one for fun. Well, here's here's an interesting one. All right, Na- to name the movie, like y- y'all will both be able to name the movie. But play it on me, Blade Runner. Tyrell, I told me Rachel was special. No termination date. Blade Runner. Yeah, but that's obviously from the. Wait, narration. it really was. Yeah, I just guessed it before well, you even said it. That yeah, was weird. That was weird. Well, like it's Ty- Tyrell had told me Rachel was special, no termination date. So, like, obviously it's Blade Runner, but that's clearly from the Harrison Ford. Uh, these cards, voice. these cards are old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was before the voiceover got cut. Yeah, yeah the voiceover. So I was like, that's, that's, from the theatric- that's weird. The theatrical release. That was really voiceover. weird, though. I've never actually I just watched randomly the said version. Blade Runner. You should have given me yeah. that one, man. You that would have been too easy. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm Then John would have complained that you gave me a softball, huh? Two softballs. I'm not trying to go anything. I just won, so we're good. But you would have. I always would have won, I agree. All right, John. <laughs> so what does Jordan have to watch? I have no idea. Alright, well I you, about you it. think of something and, and uh, honestly now I think think extra hard because he won't watch half the stuff I wanted to watch, so I don't know about what that. What do you want him to watch besides Solo? Enter the Void. What is that? He's not going to watch Enter the Void. You go read about it and let me know if you'll watch it. All right. No, no, no. Don't read about it. That's the well, whole point. Still, well, he's not going to. He'll turn it off after five minutes, ten minutes. Maybe so. Like you would. Which is disappointing because it's a really great film. Are we doing top five war films now? Yeah, let's do top five war. All right. John, you go first. Um, my top five war films are all, uh, four of them are Vietnam films, so. It's not surprising. Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this, in no particular order, except Apocalypse Now is obviously number one, but after that, uh, Full Metal Jacket, which rules, Platoon, which is good, Born on the Fourth of July, more about the effects of war. Two stone movies. Yeah. Huh? Actually, it, two from his Vietnam trilogy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You think there'll only be two from the trilogy? Number five. Heaven and... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just say, That's like, never... That, was, that wouldn't be anywhere Which one was that? Time. Heaven and Earth. Oh, okay. Yeah, third, Oliver Stone made final uh, Vietnam film. Yeah. Uh, number five, Thin Red Line. Honorable mention, Casualties of War. Okay. All right. How about you, Kev? Let's see... So, not in any real particular order, but uh, Lawrence Come of on, Arabia. you guys in y'all's non-order. All right, all right. I just wrote this okay. 10 minutes ago. I gave you a... <laughs> number one. <laughs> I'll give you a pass. Number one. All right. Lawrence of Arabia. All right. Number two. Apocalypse Now. Okay. Number three. Inglorious Bastards. Four. Battle of Algiers. 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 Four. Battle of Algiers. Five, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. All right. And honorable mention, The Duelists. Okay. I thought you might have uh, 
Mr. Lawrence on there. Definitely. Five out of five. Still need to see it. All right, for me, my top five war films, number five, and this is in descending order. Number five, Hurt Locker. Great film. Uh, number four, Full Metal Jacket. Even though it's been a long time since I've seen that, Platoon, Patton, or The Deer Hunter, so I kind of have all those grouped together in my mind um, at that level. Number three, Battle of Algiers. I really thought it was a great film. Uh, I can see why it's rated one of the top five uh, war films or one of the top war films ever made. Number two, Dr. Strangelove, or How to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Really great satire of war. Mm. And number one, of course, Apocalypse Now. Great stuff. Yes, indeed. All right, well, that's our show for today, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you have any feedback for us, you can email us over at feedback at filmyakpodcast.com. Also, our website, filmyakpodcast.com. Check out all our episodes or learn a little bit more about each of the hosts here. And we'll see you next week. Uh, We'll be discussing Cinema Paradiso, my pick for the week. So if you want to, you can go check it out on YouTube or iTunes or wherever you get your movies. And we'll see you again for more Film Yak. Yeah.